the wealth of the world that exists. But then he said this, he said, if you had all of the wealth of this world, every stitch of it, it'd be worth it for one soul to get saved. And that's really, that's what the Bible boils down to. It, it, it tells us, hey, if a, if a man should gain the whole world and lose his own soul, uh, that he really hadn't gained anything. And, uh, and how important it is for us to remember that and, uh, and the importance of, hey, we want to reach people with the gospel. And so appreciate that. Romans chapter number 12 and we're going to pick up where we left off before Missions Month. And uh, in Romans chapter 12, the, the, uh, I'll, I'll bring you, or I'll, we'll go back and not review, but we'll just, uh, I'll remind you really of, we had covered, um, in Romans chapter 12, it is really a practical series of how a Christian should live. And he talks about the, uh, the body, and he talks about uh, the body of the church and, and working together and unity. And then he talks, he goes through a list of, of how we ought to live with other Christians and how we ought to work and live and minister uh, with other Christians and how our relationship is with other Christians. But as we pick up our text here, he really deals with how a Christian ought to live in, an, in a wicked, evil society and still be a Christian. And so that's really what this section deals with. And uh, we're going to look at that this evening. Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 17. The Bible says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to gather in your house. And God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me as we look at our life and we see how we are to dwell in a world that certainly is wicked and certainly is evil, but yet we are to live a Christian life. And God, I pray that you would help us as we uh, look through these verses and see, God, what you would have us to do. I pray that you would help us to carry that out in our life. And God, will thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, we, we pray. Amen. As we look at these verses, uh, I was reading verse number 19, and I was remembered, uh, make sure you don't remember it uh, this way, as the, the Sunday school kid did uh, when he went home. He said, he went home and, and his mom said, what'd you learn in Sunday school? And he said, he said, vengeance is mine. The Lord said so. And uh, so he thought I could take out his vengeance on whoever he wanted. And uh, that's not quite what it says, though it's, uh, it's close to that. All right. But he got it off a little bit. So as we look at these things, um, I hope and pray that it's a blessing and a help to us. Uh, as we think about it, it opens up in verse number 17, talking about evil, and it closes out the section in verse number 21, talking about evil. And so you can see that these verses are really sandwiched between that. 
And as we think about it, uh, the, by way of introduction, he says there, recompense to no man evil for evil. And uh, that kind of sets the tone for these verses. And uh, it's interesting, if you think about that, uh, there are lots of examples in the Bible uh, that give us, that set an example for how we are to live. I think about David. David lived in, a, in that kind of a world for much of his younger days uh, when Saul was pursuing him. And he exemplified this passage of, of a recompense no man evil for evil. I don't know if you remember, I've just been reading through these, the book of Samuel and read through where David, rather, is running from Saul. And, uh, and on two separate occasions, David had gone right into the camp where Saul had been pursuing him and was standing, for all practical purposes, next to Saul as he was sleeping. And how easy it would have been just to take his life. Matter of fact, his, one of his men that was with him said, let me kill him right now. David said, no. And, and it's funny, I, I find it interesting because David took him and just cut a little piece of his coat. And then, he, and then he went away. And he comes back the next day and he says, and he calls out to Saul and he says, hey, isn't this your coat? And, and what I find funny is, David felt bad afterwards for ruining Saul's garment. You ever see that? And David truly was being pursued. I mean, if Saul had been given the same opportunity, David would not have slept through that night. He would have died. Because Saul wanted to kill David. And yet, David did not recompense evil for evil. And I tell you what, that's harder to live than it sounds. And so David sets a phenomenal example for us. Paul was a man who uh, was very knowledgeable of living amongst people who, were, who also wished him harm. You look, read through the life of, of Paul, and, uh, and he did not recompense evil for evil. <clears throat> I mean, there were many times, <clears throat> excuse me, when he was attacked and when he was persecuted for preaching the gospel, and, uh, and he could have easily just gone out and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get him back. You know, they got me, I'm going to get him back. He did not do that. He was always, he did not recompense evil for evil. And as we think about this, listen, you cannot discredit the, the, probably the, the greatest example of all of that, and that is of Jesus Christ himself. Came to this world, lived on this earth, and, and you talk about somebody who had the power. Maybe Paul didn't have the power to recompense evil. David probably did. He was a very strong man. He was a very uh, uh, able man as far as, uh, as far as war goes and fighting. But, but Jesus had all the power of heaven, and yet he did not recompense evil for evil. And what a phenomenal example to us. And as we look at this passage, uh, may we take some instruction on, on living uh, a life in, a, in an evil day. And I tell you what, I don't have to convince you. I'm sure you're more than well aware uh, of the fact that we live in an evil day. Although sometimes we do, uh, I know at least in my, my life, we tend to insulate ourselves so much that we really don't see the evil and we don't interact with the evil per se, but it is out there and, uh, and, and it does exist. And so as we look at these, 
it will be helpful to us on how we are to live a Christian life amongst a world that would be against us. Look what he says there in verse number 17. He says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. I want to take that first phrase, recompense to no man evil for evil. Our reaction, uh, boy, when somebody, uh, when somebody does you wrong, and when somebody, maybe they slander you, maybe they gossip about you, maybe they, maybe they hit you, maybe they do something else and they physically uh, hurt you, boy, your first, your first thing that comes to mind is, man, I'm going to get them back. And we have this defensive nature that pops up within us that says, man, he, he, he wronged me and I am going to make sure that he is aware and that he pays for it. And that's our natural, natural fleshly reaction to those th- kind of things. And so that first thing uh, I put down this, uh, live passively. That we ought to live passively. Uh, and we ought to be careful not to react to everyone who would attack us and come against us and who would wrong us in this world. Now listen, that's not easy. Matter of fact, that goes against the grain of our flesh to, to, to not react. And uh, there's undoubtedly a, an element of self-control and not allowing the emotion of anger uh, to control us. We talked about that a lot in the book of Proverbs, going through the book of Proverbs and, and how not allowing the, uh, the emotion of anger to overcome us. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm flesh and blood like you are. Uh, there are things that, that make me mad. There are things that, that get on my nerves. But we should not be controlled by those things. We need to be careful that we have self-control and we don't allow those things to control our lives. And beside the self-control and just being disciplined, hey, there's an element as Christians that we ought to exhibit, and that is spirit-controlled in our life. And we ought to uh, exercise that. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And listen, if we struggle with those things, then ask God to help you. And ask God to say, uh, help me to be uh, somebody that, that, that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the, the love, the peace, the joy, the long-suffering. Uh, boy, that one sometimes can be a hard one. And, uh, and we don't like to suffer long. That means literally what it says, to suffer for a long time, to put up with things, to be patient throughout tribulation and trials and hardships and maybe those who would be against us. And that's an, there's an element of spirit control that is there. And that will help us to live passively among a world, amongst a world that, that would uh, wrongfully use us, that would hate us, that would despise us, that would not like us as Christians. And sometimes, I'm just telling you, there are, there are people in this world that just will not like you because you're a Christian. Hey, there's people that you will work with that know you go to church, that know you don't, uh, that you don't cuss or you don't do certain things, and they will do things just to annoy you because we live in a wicked and evil world. But we are not to retaliate against those things and say, well, he bothers me, so you know what? I'm going to start bothering him. That's not the, the reaction. 
the reaction that the Bible says is that, hey, we, we are not to recompense evil for evil. And, uh, and sometimes we may have to ask the Lord to help us with that and to strengthen us in that area and to, to help us to, to put up with some of those things and to, uh, to be able to not recompense evil for that. In Ephesians 5.18 it says this, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's not a coincidence that uh, that verse uses uh, the idea of alcohol and, and being controlled by that alcohol. Many times, uh, somebody who would drink alcohol, uh, they, they become so drunk that they're, uh, they're controlled by that alcohol. And he's saying, hey, don't be drunk with wine. That is certainly a thing. But he's saying, uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, that the Holy Spirit would fill us and control us, just like the alcohol would control a drunk person, that the Spirit of God would control us. We need to be careful that we, are, that we live passively in a wicked world, and that's not easy. I, I thought of this analogy at last, I, was, I think it was last week, I don't remember, I was out in New Jersey, I was preaching chapel out there, and as I was out there, uh, you drive into New Jersey, and, and instantly, I mean, it's an aggressive driving pattern. And, and it, it just is automatic. I mean, well, it is for me. If, if you're not used to going to somewhere like that, then, then man, you're, I mean, people might be honking at you. They'll be driving around you. And, and if you're doing the speed limit, they're, they're more than likely going to rear end you or fly around you. And, and they just drive very aggressively there. And, um, and I, I, I spent many years in Lima, Peru, and, and Lima, Peru is the same thing. I mean, it's a very aggressive driving style, and you just, uh, you just have to get in, and you have to flow with traffic, and you just got to roll with it, and, and it's a very aggressive style. And, uh, and so they're, they're very much so on the gas and, and going and, and moving, and you don't, you don't linger. You, you, if you're going to change lanes, you do so swiftly. I mean, you just you drive. And, uh, and I was reminded, that when, as soon as we got out there, I'm like, man, we are not in Ohio. Ohio is more of a passive driving, especially in this area. Maybe if you go to Cleveland or Columbus or some of the larger cities, you'd find more of an aggressive style. But at least here in Maslin and, and the area around here, it's more of a passive. You know, people are not occasionally, you know, you get the guy who's, who's, uh, who's, who's the aggressive driver. He's probably not from around here. And, and he'll, I've seen them. They will pass you in town. And, uh, and go around you and continue driving. And I'm like, man, what's up with that guy? You know, he must be in a hurry or uh, who knows, or he's probably from New Jersey, you know, I, I don't know. And, and, uh, and they're aggressive. And, and, and what the Bible is saying is, hey, don't let the aggression of the world influence you and cause you to become aggressive against them as well. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Don't allow that influence to come into your life and you turn around and you become the same thing that they are to you. We would be careful of that. And we'd be more of a passive, more of a reserved um, style of a person. And, uh, and so we can see that very clearly in verse number 17. I want to look at the second part so we should live passively. Uh, but I think in the second part of the verse, the Bible gives us some clarity as well. It says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Not only should we live passively, 
but we should live properly as well. Properly. Uh, he says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. That would be genuine. Uh, it seems like um, people are able, for many times, people are able to see right through a facade. Many times, people who would put up a facade or put up a front, uh, really, the only person they're fooling is themselves because they think that they're leading everyone else to believe that they are something that they are not. But, but reality, many times, most people are able to see through that facade and, and they're like, yeah, they're not who they say they are. Or, or they're, they, they, they seem like that, but they're really not. And many times uh, we're skeptical of other people. Why? Because everyone in this room has been hurt by somebody who portrayed them as something that they were, portrayed themselves as somebody that they were not, and then you found out later, well, they weren't who, who they said they were, and it hurt you because they got close to you, and, and then you found out, well, that's, that's not who they really were. And you were, you were hurt by that person. And we could, we could spend hours going over stories of everyone that has experienced some of that thing. But what he is saying here is that, hey, as a Christian, that should not be us. But that we should provide, uh, as he says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. In other words, that we would live properly or be genuine with the people that are around us. Listen, the world many times uh, and lost people many times will put on a facade and they'll, they many times will, uh, will, will poise to be something they are not, but that does not give us right to turn around and do the same thing. We ought to be genuine Christians. We ought to be genuinely uh, friendly and genuinely honest with people. The Bible says this, uh, save your spot here in, in, in Romans 12. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. This is a phenomenal verse. I, I like this verse. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 12. 1 Peter 2, 12. First Peter chapter 2, let's go to verse number 11. He says this, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Now that, let me pause right there and just say this, that that conversation is more than just our talk. It includes our lifestyle and our actions and the things that we portray in our life. And so he says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they be, shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, he's saying, listen, the world, 
will hold you as an evildoer. Oh, them Christians, man, they don't do, they're against everything, and they don't do this, and they don't, they don't, they don't cuss, they don't drink, they don't do this, they don't do that, and, and man, they're, they're a bunch of sourpusses, and, and, and they, they, will, they will be against us, and they will actually think, well, they're evildoers, especially, you can see how that would fit in a narrative today, uh, when the world is really pushing such a strong narrative against Christianity, against against God, against everything that's godliness, and, and we would push back and say, no, listen, that's not right, and God is against those things, that that would bother them. And that would, that would set them against us and put us in two camps that would be set at array against ourselves as it, to a battle. But he's saying this in, in verse number 12, having your conversation honest, among the Gentiles. He's not even saying amongst other Christians, but with the world. Be honest. Be genuine. That's like our verse there in, in Romans chapter number 12, uh, where he says, hey, providing things... Let me go back and read it. Providing things honest in the sight of all men, that we would be genuine with other people. And you can see there, that, and he says, that they shall behold... Or they shall, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know what that means? That just being genuinely kind to other people. I, it's not, sometimes opportunity doesn't always arise. But when there is an opportunity, if I see, uh, it happened several months ago, probably a year ago even, it could have been, I don't know, we were in a parking lot and, and it was raining and I seen somebody with their hood up. And if I see, I, I'm a mechanically inclined. Now, if I see somebody that needs help with something that I have no skill in, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. I don't know anything about that. But if it's mechanically inclined, I'm, I'm prone to stop. And, and so I seen the hood up, and, and yes, we were going somewhere, but you know what? I stopped because I thought, well, maybe they need some help, and they were trying to get a car jump-started or something, and, and, uh, and I went over and offered some assistance, and they said, oh, we got it. And I said, well, no problem. I just want to make sure you were okay and didn't need help. And, and, uh, and, and that's really what the Bible is saying, that we would be genuine and honest and helpful to other people. Now, what if I had gotten over there and it had been somebody that, that absolutely hated me and, uh, and maybe um, that was lost and, and maybe they had been against me? I still would have done the same thing. Hey, can I help you? You know, do you need anything? You don't need anything? Okay, I just want to offer to help. And what that is, is being genuine and being honest and being helpful. Why? As the Bible says, so that they can see our good works. So they can behold our good works. And, and usually when I try and help somebody, I always try and leave them a gospel track and just say, hey, I just, you know, there's our church we go to. Here's some verses from the Bible. And, and, and you say, well, what, what will that do? I don't know what it will do, but I know this, that it's biblical. That God tells us to try and be helpful and be genuine in a community. Live properly and, uh, and help other people. And the Bible says the same thing in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So not only should we live passively and not be the aggressor in a society that's very aggressive, but we should also live properly and be genuine with people. Verse number 18, back in our text in Romans 12, he says this, 
Let me back up and just go. I missed one thing here under being living properly and being genuine. We need to be careful that we don't do something just because it looks good. That would be a facade. That would say, well, I, I know it's the right thing to do, so therefore I'm going to do it, but my heart is not in it. Listen, we, we ought to be careful that we're honest and that we're genuine with people. And, and listen, if it's not possible for you to stop and help at that moment, then don't stop and help. Don't, don't stop and help and then complain about it, uh, that why well, I, I was going to, but all this didn't help or didn't work or whatever. Be genuine, be honest, and be sincere about things. And, and if it's not able, uh, if it doesn't work, then, then don't worry about it. But if it's within your realm and within your ability to be able to help or do something, then we ought to do something. And we ought not do it, well, this will really give me points and this will really make it look good. And uh, that really sounded like a, a politician, to be honest with you. Um, many times it's the photo op, you know. Hey, well, let's get a photo of, of so-and-so as he's doing this good deed or this or that. Uh, we're not in it for the photo ops. We're in it for genuine, genu uh, truthfulness and being genuine in helping other people. And so the Bible says here, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Look with me at verse number 18. This is an interesting phrase. He says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, I love, I love that phrase. I find it very interesting. And, uh, and I want to make sure that we put all the, all the burden on the other person and not on us. In, in that, it, as far as we can be peaceably, we ought to be peaceably. But sometimes it's difficult. Uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, listen, we can't be people pleasers, and not all people can be pleased. Some people are not happy unless they're unhappy. Um, it just is the way it is. They, they like to be upset. Uh, the Bible talks about it. I've got three men written down here that are like that. One is a wrathful man. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 18, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. And so some people like to fight. Uh, maybe you've got a, a co-worker or a neighbor that, that's like that. And, and man, they, they just, they'll constantly, they like to, to, to cause that argument to explode. They like to do stuff uh, to cause strife. And they're maybe a wrathful person. And listen, we ought to, as best as we can, we ought to try and get along with that person. And maybe... That means that you just have to go out of your way to avoid them. If that's the best way that you can keep peace between you and them, uh, maybe that's the option. I don't know. Uh, but the Bible does say, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So we have a wrathful man. Sometimes that's not easy to be, uh, to be um, in peace with somebody who likes to stir up strife or likes to cause problems. How about a froward man? And the word froward means perverse or non-compliant or ungovernable or disobedient. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 28, a froward man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth chief friends. 
sometimes uh, a, a froward person who would be a, a, somebody that's perverse or non-compliant or disobedient and, and they're very difficult and they're constantly sowing seeds and, and causing problems and, and sometimes, man, it can be a challenge to live peaceably uh, if you have somebody like that that maybe works with you or uh, is your neighbor or, or other things and, and you say, man, that is, that is a challenge. Sometimes it can be a challenge. And sometimes uh, we just have to do the best we can because the Bible does say, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And so we have to be careful that we, uh, that we live peaceably uh, with people, that we should not be known as Christians as the aggressors. We should not be the wrathful person. We should not be the, uh, the, the froward person. Uh, we should not be the people causing the problems, but that we could, as best as lieth in us, be peaceable with other people. How about the transgressor or the sinner? The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 19, He loveth transgression that loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. Somebody that is a sinner will often, uh, they like strife, they like to stir the pot, they like to cause problems, they like to, uh, to, to cause a, a ruckus. And, and so we need to be careful that uh, that is not us as Christians. And that we, as much as we can, sometimes, uh, man, you, you find yourself in, 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 a, in a situation and, and you're just doing the best you can. I'm not, I didn't cause the problem. I'm not the, the transgressor. I'm not the wrathful person. But sometimes you find yourself at the end of their stick and you're saying, man, I'm just, as much as lieth in me, I'm trying to be peaceful in this situation. Sometimes it's tough. And I don't know all the answers, but I do know that the Bible does say, hey, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sadly, as we look at these, I, I think you know, most of the time this would apply to um, lost people. Sadly, sometimes Christians can be like that as well. They can be the aggressor. They can be uh, somebody who would cause problems. And we need to be careful that that's not, that would not be us. Uh, here's a couple things on peaceably uh, as we think about the possibility of, of living uh, in peace with people. But then it says live peaceably. And a couple of verses that come to mind is in Proverbs 15.1. The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Listen, sometimes it's not easy to give a soft answer. Man, when somebody is really ringing your bell and they're just causing you problems and, and man, you're at the point of boiling over, sometimes it's tough to come up with a soft answer. And, and maybe you just got to say, you know what? God help me have the right words to say. And, uh, and there's times that, that that's uh, necessary that we would ask God and, and, uh, and we just need to work in those areas that we could help uh, or try and live peaceably. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And so uh, we ought to live peaceably uh, with as much as possible uh, with people that, we, um, that are in the world. And, uh, and do the best that we can to get along as Christians. We ought to live passively. We ought to live uh, properly. We ought to live peaceably. And then lastly, look with me in verse number 19 through 21. We've got a few things of how to do this. He says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, 
but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The last one for those verses, we have uh, live positively. Verse 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Listen, sometimes you have got to let it go. You've got to just let things go. And listen, that's not easy. Um, sometimes when somebody has wronged you, when somebody has, has done something against you, it is not easy to let it go. And let me clarify this as well. If, if it is criminal, uh, then you have every right to go to the law. I'm not saying don't go to the law. Uh, I'm not saying don't, don't uh, you know, if the, if the law demands justice, then by all means go to the law. I'm not saying that Christians ought to lay down. Sometimes we'll take these passages and we'll say, well, Christians ought to lay down and just be run over by everybody and let everyone run over us. That's not true. Uh, but he's saying within the context of a wicked world, we ought to carry a good testimony. By and large, this is pointing to how we carry our lives on a daily basis that, that people would look at us and say, you know what, he's a good neighbor. He's a good person. He's helpful. He's genuine. He's not the one that's trying to stir up the problems in the community or, or a co-worker. He's a good co-worker. He's, he's uh, somebody that does his job. He's not the guy that's trying to stir up the problems and that he would carry a good testimony. But by all means, when we see this and it says, avenge not yourselves, that would be that we should not take the law into our own hands, that we should not extract the, the, the revenge that we think is due, but we should let it go. And sometimes that's hard to do. But if we do not, can I, you need, we need to understand this. When we hold on to things, it turns into a root of bitterness in our life. And it's not going to destroy so-and-so. It's going to destroy you as a Christian. And so we need to be very careful that we let things go and do not hold on to them because it will destroy us. And so he says here in verse number 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Let me give you a good idea of how to do that because he goes on in the next phrase and he says, But rather give place unto wrath. Now, what does that mean? That's an awkward kind of phrase. And, and uh, as I was looking over that phrase, really, it boils down to this, and, and the phrase following it would substantiate it. So we have let go and let God. In other words, turn it over to God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to allow you to handle this situation. It would do us well. Uh, to, to realize and understand that, hey, listen, when somebody wrongs you, and if somebody wrongs you because you're a Christian, or if somebody wrongs you because uh, you're a good person, and they, they wrong you, hey, listen, there's a God in heaven that's keeping track of all of that stuff. And we are not responsible. We don't have to run around and say, well, he wronged me, and, and boy, I got it. Man, I got it written down right here. I know that that fell up back in, uh, uh, in January 2nd and, and 1990, whatever, and, and I got it written down. This is exactly what he did. Boy, I'm, I'm going to get him back. 
You know, you're, you're holding on to that. And, and you know what? It's going to bother you and it's going to eat you up and it's going to destroy your life and it's become a root of bitterness and, and I've got an account of this and an account of that. And Listen, there's... Uh, if I held on to everything and every person that attacked me in my life, I mean, I'd be so busy, I wouldn't even have time to preach or study. I'm just saying, uh, there, there's, and I, I can't even remember the times and, and places of most of them, but I, I'm just saying, there have been, uh, there are, people will come against you. It's just part of being human, to be honest with you. I would say being Christian, but it goes more than that. We as people just, there are bad people in this world that do not like other people and they're going to cause problems and they're going to paint a target on you at some point and they're going to come after you. And I'm just telling you that we have to let it go and turn it over to God and say, God, it's, I'm going to let you deal with it. Because, listen, God is keeping track of everything. And, and as a Christian, we, it's not our place to, a, to take our vengeance on somebody. At the same time, we'll look at that and we'll say, God, why don't you do something? And, and you know, we can, be, we can be pretty quick to say, well, God should judge them and God's not doing his job. Listen, aren't you glad that God is long-suffering with you when we're the offender and when we're the ones that are messing up and when we're the ones that are not doing right, we're like, man, I'm glad that God, God was long-suffering and he didn't drop me dead right then and there. I mean, we, we'd all be dead, to be, to be honest with you. We wouldn't make it. But God is long-suffering, and so don't, don't be fretful or, or worried that God's not doing His job. God is doing His job. You need to let go and let God take care of that. In Deuteronomy 32.25 is that quote uh, that is given, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And God is keeping track, and God does know what is going on. And, and so many times our flesh does not like that because we want to see it. We want to know it's taking place. We want to make sure that it's taking case place. But it's not easy, but we have to let go and we have to allow God to keep track and God to do things. Look at verse number 20. Not only are we to let go and let God, but verse number 20 says, Therefore... If thy enemy, if thine enemy hunger, do what? Feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 20 carries with it the whole connotation of love your enemy. Do good to him that despitefully useth you. And, and that's not easy. And that's a very, I find that verse to be a very challenging verse in my own life. That when somebody has wronged us or when somebody has done uh, bad against us, that we would turn around and that we would help that same person. And understand this, I don't believe and I don't think that our motive should be to heap coals of fire on their head, as it says. But that will happen. When you, when you, we go back to the verse about being, uh, being honest and being genuine uh, with people. When you honestly and sincerely help somebody that has hurt you, you know what? They're, they are so smitten by their own conscience. One of the things about David and Saul, 
I think Saul had such a hard time and struggled with it. Why? Because every time he got around David, David was so much more righteous than Saul was. And, and there was uh, that idea of, of, man, I'm smitten by my own conscience. And when you help somebody who has hurt you or you're kind to somebody, uh, they may struggle to understand it and they might think, man, that's crazy. Why would he do that? And they might even be skeptical and they might even doubt your motive or your intention. And our intention should not be at the latter part of the verse, but that will be a result by us loving our enemies and helping them that would be against us. Then he ends it in verse 21 and he says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Live righteously. We live in a wicked world, but don't let that wickedness consume you. Don't allow that influence to become you. Matter of fact, he says, hey, maintain your your testimony above that of the world. The world's going to be the world. Lost people are going to be lost. We ought to be that light. We ought to be that, uh, that higher, uh, that higher uh, rate of a person or that higher uh, calling of God that we would live above that and that we would not revenge ourselves and we would live uh, passively and we would live uh, properly and peaceably and that we would live uh, positively in this world that, that certainly needs to see that light. And we think of that verse in Peter that we turn to that, hey, they're going to see our good works. They're going to behold the things that we do. And they're going to say, you know what? That guy is a good guy. And there's something different about his life. And, uh, and it's not just living a life. We also need to open our mouth and talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be a witness. But certainly, uh, we have to have that testimony that carries with it. And so he deals with, in this, these verses, living a life in a wicked world, uh, but not being part of that. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, that's not an easy thing. That's certainly not what our flesh desires. And, uh, and so certainly that is a, a thing that we will need the help of the Holy Spirit in our life and be able to live a right and, and just life uh, only through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we need to ask God to help us and strengthen us to be able to live that way. And so I hope and pray that that is a help and blessing to you as we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you've got that, that one coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor or somebody that, man, they are just a, a thorn in your flesh. Maybe you want to pray for them. Maybe you want to pray for yourself that God would help you to live peaceably with that person. And I know it's hard. I don't, sometimes there's, I don't know the answers to everything, but I know this, God can help you in those situations. Father, we thank you for your word and how clear and how instructive it really is in our life. And God, it it does go against our flesh. It's not what our flesh desires. It's not what we uh, would naturally do. The natural man uh, would not do those things. But God, as Christians, we ought to. God, I pray that you'd help us as Christians to have a good testimony and to be the, the light and the influence 
and the goodness that exists in such a wicked, evil world. And God, it feels like many times we're swimming upstream, but God, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would strengthen us. And God, you'd give us the grace to live properly and live peaceably and live passively and and live for you, live righteously in a world that's so lost, so confused, and so against you. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts Help us, strengthen us. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. As the piano plays, the altar's open. Maybe you just want to pray for somebody. Maybe you want to pray for yourself. Maybe you want to pray for somebody else that you know whatever the need the altar's open bring our invitation to a close. And again, I appreciate your 